Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Priscilla Schelp. Priscilla is the CEO and founder of the startup Networks an AI-based platform that pre-qualifies and matches innovators, visionaries, and changemakers with exclusive clubs around the world. She is also a well-known moderator, manager, researcher, polo player, and sailor. Welcome, Priscilla. I'm so excited to have you here on the show today. Thank you, Angel. I'm actually really excited to be here. So thanks a lot for having me. Well, you are coming to us today from Frankfurt, so um, we always love to celebrate our international sisters in spirit, and I'm really grateful that you are actually staying up pretty late to be on the show tonight with me, so thank you so much for that. I want to start our conversation, Priscilla, with um, just getting a little bit of backstory from you. Have you always been a like a startup person? Have you always been entrepreneurial or were you somebody who went through an employment period of time and then you had a, an awakening of some sort or an inspiration of some sort and got into the entrepreneurial space? Actually, that's an interesting question. So I, I'm probably one of the most risk averse people you will meet, meet in your life. So I even would not have thought it about myself that I'd become an entrepreneur someday. And I think the insights I had is that it's always told to you that if you're employed, you're safe, you're secure, nothing bad can happen to you. And that this dream of having a house and a tree and a child is realistic for you. Mm. And the first insight I had or like the first realization I had was that you're not safe, you're not secure, especially like in COVID times, you can see it a lot, but also if you have financial crisis. And yes, in countries like Germany, you are more safe because of our um, system. So you get like quite nice unemployment benefits that you don't have in other countries, but even then, and, um, or you can see it if people get older that they will struggle to find a new job at some point, right? And people are like companies will let them go. And the second realization I had, and the, that was actually also one of the triggers for letting go of this fear of self-employment was that if you look at the real estate prices and you look at the salaries, there's a complete mismatch. So my parents, like generation was able to have like a, you know, a nice house and in a nice area with like a normal job. And nowadays I have so many friends that are like diplomats, managers, whatever, double income, no kids. They don't get kids because they think, well, I can't even afford like a house. And I'm not talking about a nice house, but an okayish house. So basically I realized that 
with like just working the corporate ladder up, even if you're in the board, you can't afford what was normal for the generations before. Mm. Maybe if you're lucky and they kick you out of the board and they give you a chunk of money to leave, that's the only scenario where you have a chance to somehow get financial freedom or you yeah, do like investments like passive income. And so, I mean, if there's no perspective, you have to find other ways or you need to decrease your expectations, right? And that was my waking up, basically. Okay. So you were at some point in corporate and then you you had all of these realizations. So now let's talk about you are not only in a position where you're in a startup phase, stepping into being a CEO, being a founder, but you're really on the edge of innovation with what you're doing with your AI-based platform. So help us make the leap about that. Like, were you always a tech girl or did you have a vision? Help us to understand what inspired you to not only make the leap into your own entrepreneurial venture, but into a edge-cutting industry. Yeah. So I think a vision is really important when you are the original founder. You need a vision and that needs to be great and other people need to see it as well. You need to be really convinced to get other people on board because you need to have co-founders because single founders typically don't get funding. They don't get into accelerators and so on. So you need to attract people. So that's one thing. And with with the vision, so I had a vision and I love to connect people and help them to make their dreams come true, motivate and inspire. And I do that every day. I connect people every day. I listen what they have, or what they need and so on. But I'm limited. It's like a doctor. It's like you you just when you actually are active doing something, you actually work and can can create money. So it's not scalable. So I was thinking, okay, I can't clone myself. I can train people. And that's what I aim to do as well in like networking and like connecting with people and connecting other people. But I I wanted to, with this skill, to build a business to earn money with it, but without using people, but to help people and in a scalable way and in ideal in a global way. So I knew I need somehow technology to support that. I'm not a techie, so I'm interested in in innovation and I generally understand how it works, but I knew I need a technical co-founder. And I was lucky I found one and they are really rare. Everyone is looking for a good technical co-founder because a lot of people have ideas, but like because actually nearly all um, startups that are venture capital worthy are about technology and they generally most of them are scalable because that's the, how venture capital works like someone puts the money and wants to get like 50 times more out of when he does an exit so it needs otherwise you don't so the scaling doesn't work if for example if you do consulting it's tied to you doing work or also the same as if you are producing hardware because then your production costs are tied to like, like if your revenue increases, you also your production cost increase. And so basically an ideal venture capitalist want to have something that makes money when you sleep. 
right? Mm. Like a pattern, some platform. <laughs> and uh, yes, I, I try to combine that. Right. And so what I'm hearing there is that the service-based essence of what you're offering allows yeah. for scalability with without having a correlating increase in production costs. Exactly. And that's yeah. really like the the magic formula that most of the VC people are looking for. Is it did exactly. I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, okay, exactly. Good. So, let's talk a little bit about the idea itself, right? So, this is a platform that pre-qualifies and matches innovators, visionaries and change makers with exclusive clubs around the world. So, can you share us a little with us a little bit more about Explain this vision so that we understand a little bit more about exactly what this platform is going to do for our listeners. Yeah. I mean, the thing is a lot of people have great ideas and they have goals and they want to achieve these. And a lot of people also struggle in building a network or they their network is not maybe not interested in their ideas. So even if you have a great idea, it will not be great enough if you just keep it in your head. So one of the first rules I followed by a mentor of mine, I was at the beginning hiding it because I was like, I thought like, oh, someone might steal it. And it's bullshit. Actually, you need to go out there and talk to people and you will see from their reaction, is it something that excites other people? So you can somehow get a feeling like for the market potential, I guess, and you get so much information. So basically, it's like if you talk to people, you every time get two, three puzzle pieces to your idea. And it, it really develops, evolves, and sometimes goes in different directions. And you really need just the input of people to develop your idea. But obviously, you need to be careful from whom also you get the input because obviously you want to have input from people that are knowledgeable. You want input from people that are experienced. And also, if you want to have and make an idea big or achieve your goals, you need mentors. So I always had different mentors. You need people around you that inspire you, motivate you, make you think. And if you have amazing people around you that are experienced and super great in what you're doing, you will just learn by spending time with them or listening how they make decisions. You will automatically kind of, if, if you have people that have a super amazing mindset, you will automatically rise. And there are all these things or they will make you in, like give you introductions or, yeah, you get to job opportunities you would not never have gotten or like all kind of amazing things happen. And that was actually the case for me. So I grew up actually quite normally. And I got into my first management club in one of the best in Germany with 19 years old. And I got in there and I, I received so much help and support and knowledge and insights. I, I wouldn't be where I'm now without that. And I want to actually help other people basically to experience the same. Mm. Great. Awesome. So just to make sure that I'm clear on what, what you're doing here is that you have through your own network of through maybe this original club that you were part of, but also maybe brother and sister clubs around the world that are these exclusive clubs, you are sort of using this platform to match make 
mentorship or venture capital or meeting people that you might get a job from or collaborate with on startups or that sort of thing? Is that what I'm hearing is is happening with networks or did I misunderstand that? Mm, like currently what I do is I bring amazing people that have visions and ideas in these clubs and there all of that is possible. Okay. And for the clubs, it's important as well. So a lot of these clubs are overaging or they don't have the capacity to do proper member qualification. And for them, it's great because like from the process, it's a way that you, we work with AI to, to qualify and match. So you as a user just get suggested clubs that are suitable for you, where you fulfill the criteria. So you don't need to search and you have transparency on pricing, what the clubs stand for and so on. And then you can apply. And for the clubs, they are not over, like they don't get overrun by people that are not fit. But due to the algorithm, they just get the people that are fitting and then they get like ranked based on how well people match to um, their preferences. They, they get shown the candidates. And um, this is quite nice for both sides. And I'm basically connecting because actually with this really exclusive clubs, usually you need two references to get mm -hmm. in. And obviously in the end, the club makes a decision But because you usually don't talk about these club memberships, let's imagine you know people that are in Rotary Club, they will not talk about it. So even if you want to apply in Rotary and you know people, you don't know that they are in there. And so you don't get the references and you don't get in. And But it gets further. There are a lot of really nice clubs, but most people don't know that they exist. Great. And so I'm helping with transparency as well. Beautiful. All right. Well, I love this idea. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it on the other side of the break. But right now we are going to take a short break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you are enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share our show with your lovely lady friends all over the world that you think might benefit from our content. I do want to say a huge thank you today to all of our listeners around the world. We are now, according to Listen Notes, uh, in the top 1% of all podcasts across all categories all over the world. And there are now 2.74 million podcasts. So that's pretty exciting. So I do want to say a big, big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing and helping us with that placement. And uh, we are welcoming thousands more downloads from all over the world. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners, of course, in Germany, as well as to our listeners in, uh, let's see, Aruba and Ghana. And we will be right back with Priscilla Schelp. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance become clear on the value of their wisdom and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. 
Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Priscilla Shelp. You can find out more about Priscilla through her LinkedIn profile. She is the only 2L Priscilla Shelp on LinkedIn. And we will definitely have that for you in the show notes. And she will have all the information in her profile there on LinkedIn about also getting connected to networks uh, and potentially signing up to be a part of that community to pre-qualify yourself so that you can potentially join some of these amazing exclusive clubs that are kind of the secret behind the scenes movers and shakers of the world, I'm guessing. So Priscilla, how did you come to decide that you wanted to help people specifically to make access available, like to have this transparency and to make access available to these clubs. And more specifically, before we started the show, you were talking about how you really want to help level the playing field uh, in particular for women. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about, you know, that part of the idea. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So there is obviously a demand from both sides. There are people that are really interested in joining clubs, but they don't know much about it, or they are lacking the references. And then there are the clubs that are really excited to get also younger members and just great people. And I'm just connecting. And um, I, I had the real, realization that I'm actually in, I think at currently like 15 clubs, like a lot. I'm nearly always the youngest. And I thought like, that's not right. <laughs> so, uh, and also obviously in, in many clubs, there are not that many women. And um, obviously we have in networks AI. And to ensure that we are doing a, like a filtering and matching, that we are also inclusive and we are considering diversity, we are actually or self-partnering with another startup. It's called Namzor. They have developed diversity and inclusion AI so that we make sure in our filter process that we are fair and not having any blind spots regarding our ratio from women and men, but also different ethnicity that we are not filtering out too many from one group and I think that's quite important because it's like I mean and and that's one thing it's like in many of these clubs are currently not that many women Mm -hmm. and I think that's important also to start with the filtering and there are actually studies and it's quite interesting if you have in a for example job interview in the applicant pool just one woman or just one person like that is black, for example, then there's a chance nearly like zero that the person really ends up getting the job. So you need to, from the beginning, make sure, like from the beginning, when you have people signing up, that you have enough from every kind (laughs) so that there are some left in the end. And yeah, that are all like things we are thinking about and we are trying to make a difference in that way as well. Beautiful. Well, the next question I have for you is I'd love to have you give our listeners just a little bit of like what it's actually like to be in a startup, right? How long have you been, how long have you been advancing your vision? Like what has been the biggest challenge? 
when do you feel like, like, do you know what your metric is for like, okay, we're not a startup anymore. We're actually functional. Like talk a little bit about the whole startup process, if you would, please. If it's okay, I would give one advice. Mm -hmm. I think I started too late, actually. I started way too late. I, I thought I need to have the idea to start with a startup. And I was waiting for the idea. I had many ideas. And somehow, if you have the idea, you will feel it because your, your excitement is bigger than your fear. But there's another way. And I could have started earlier. So there are a lot of startups out there where some person like me had a great idea, cannot do it alone, and needs co-founders. And there are so many of them. So literally, instead of having that's a more difficult way, having your own idea or waiting for your own amazing idea, you can go out there. There are places where you can look. One great is, for example, Y Combinator Co-Founder Matching, it's called. Um, I found actually my co-founders there. Yeah, so it's they are one, they are really a famous accelerator and where they invest. It's basically like Elon Musk or Google, the trend goes there and they created it. So you have a lot of startups that look for co-founders and you can sign up as a potential co-founder. And the quality is really high. So instead of waiting for your own idea, you can go there and look at all the amazing ideas from people. Usually they already put in money and work and you can just jump on board, which is even much easier. And so if you really want to do a startup, but you don't have an own idea, I, I really recommend you to do that. It's even easier. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So what has been for you the most challenging part of the journey? And what do you do to keep yourself inspired and motivated and in process with your vision? Yeah, I think the key is mindset and self-confidence. And especially for women, it's so much harder. So I feel like every guy, it doesn't matter how intelligent or not intelligent or good looking or not good looking. They like I have the feeling a lot of them think like they are God. They're like celebrating themselves in front of every mirror. <laughs> and for women, it's really sad to see. It's most of the time it's the opposite. It's like I see so many beautiful women and they're like, oh my God, I have too much hair. And oh God, my nose. And 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 the same happens also on the business level. That also in applications, in negotiating for salaries, and also in startups. That that's why I think you don't like you you do not find that many female founders. It's a self-confidence thing. It's like we tend to think, okay, I'm not good enough. And it might sound funny, but I actually wrote, I have sometimes these moments where I still feel like that. And I have in my bathroom, in my mirror, I wrote with lipstick, I'm, <laughs> I am enough. And sometimes I need to look at it. And these days I think will always be there. And generally, I think what I recommend is the best way to gain and keep confidence is I set away every day one hour, sometimes longer, to learn and to learn about personal growth, mindset. Uh, I do journaling and all these things because if you have constant progress, progress is happiness. You don't get that much into the doubting. The doubting starts if you have the feeling you're not progressing, you're staying on the same place, and then you get scared and irritated and so on. So I feel that's important. And I think mindset is the key, and that's what I 
Uh, I think it's the hardest. I'm still working on it and you need to work on it constantly. It's like going to the gym. You know, you, you are not done. You're not done at any point of time in your life. <laughs> and what you see is like, if things go bad, you might start doubting and you directly need to intervene because if you allow that doubting, it will take you into a downward spiral and you start doubting more and start doubting more. And actually that changes your energy. I can't explain it, but if you're down, everything and everyone starts kicking you. Exactly. And you can't, You especially as a founder, like I had days, if I would have not stuck myself at that beginning of the cycle, everything would have fallen apart. And that's especially the case if you're a founder and you have co-founders, you don't have any written agreements, they did not invest any money, they can walk away every time, like every minute. And the same with you have at the beginning advisory board members or people that support you for free because they believe in you. But if they see you crumble and if they see you losing motivation and doubting or not progressing or anything, you know, they are gone. And I think especially at the beginning, you have a lot of mental stability, positivity, and then all the good things come to you. Mm. But you really need to keep that momentum and you really need to keep that level because like, yeah. And I think that's the most important thing as a founder. And um, that's also connected, obviously, to confidence, right? Mm, and yeah. I think especially for women, it's... Especially, especially, especially for women. for women, it's really important to, you know, ensure you're confident. And there are some little tricks you can do that help. All right, ladies, we'll get out your lipstick. Everybody who's listening, get out your lipstick, go directly to your bathroom and write big letters. I am good enough. Priscilla, it has been such a pleasure spending time with you today and really a delight to uh, be part of your vision and part of your adventure here as a startup founder. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a, a huge role model, an international role model of somebody who was willing to bet on herself and bet on her vision and bet on her idea. And I really love the suggestions that you brought to our listeners today. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.